Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM, life-changing radio, WJMM. I am so excited that you have joined us this morning on the Encounter Radio program. Yesterday, we started talking about the power of prayer, and I'm so grateful for your prayers for the Encounter Ministry and this show. Thank you for your support. Please email me at bill at the Hope Encounter. Uh, I'm so... Bill at thehopeencounter.org for how you can support our ministry. I'm just so grateful for your support and your prayers. But I want to talk to you today about a type of praying. It's, it's a story out of the Old Testament. It's a type of praying of how we should pray when trouble hits, when the storm comes, when we're about to get taken out, destroyed, annihilated by our enemies. Such was the case for King Jehoshaphat, which I love that name. I, I talked ye- yesterday on the radio show about whether it's Jehoshaphat or Jehoshaphat, but I love Jehoshaphat. I once had a dog, and I wanted to name him Jumpin' Jehoshaphat, but my wife said no to that. Uh, I'm still disappointed that I don't have a dog named Jumpin' Jehoshaphat, but one day I will. And uh, But when it comes to this story, I love about what I love about King Jehoshaphat was he was faced with annihilation. And as we talked about yesterday, he faced a situation where for some reason, uh, all the armies of God and the enemies of the enemies of God came together and tried to take Judah out. The Ammonites, the Ammonites, the Mayunites, and the Moabites all declared war on Jehoshaphat. And we talked about how he found out about it. And the first the first response from Jehoshaphat was he was alarmed by the news and sought the Lord for guidance. That's where we ended the show. Well, here's where we pick it up. Here's what else he did. First, he seeks the Lord for guidance. How did he do that? Through prayer. How else can you seek the Lord for guidance? You seek him through prayer. Second, he also gave orders that everyone throughout Judah should observe a fast. So he's basically saying, I'm going to seek the Lord for guidance through prayer. And I want the entire nation to seek the Lord for guidance through prayer and fasting. See, fasting is just another level of praying. It's just another level of emptying ourselves and pressing into God and just emptying ourselves and giving up things so that the only thing that we need and depend on is God. For most of for the most practical way of fasting is fasting from food because we need food. And when we get hungry, we can press into God. And that's where we get our real food from. And that's real fasting right there. Now, you can give up things. You can give up this and that. You can give up TV. You can give up social media. There's nothing wrong with that. But if you want, you want to really, really press into God, give up something that you really need, like food, uh, for a period of, I don't know, three, sometimes seven, sometimes 40 days. Pray from sunrise to sundown. And... Uh, Watch what God will do in your life. And anytime you feel that hunger coming on, that's a time for you to press into God and just seek his face and seek his hand. Well, that's what he tells the entire nation to do. He gives orders that everyone should observe a fast. So people from all the towns of Judah came to Jerusalem to seek the Lord. I love that. Joseph had stood before the people of Judah and Jerusalem in front of the new courtyard of the temple of the Lord. And he prayed this prayer. I'm going to break down this prayer. I'm going to pray it. And I'm going to talk to you about this prayer. We're going to do a little old school expository type preaching and teaching on the Encounter Radio Show. And he breaks down this prayer. And there's a lot in this prayer. Let, let's, let's look at the scripture. He says, 
He says, O Lord God of our ancestors, you alone are the God who is in heaven, which, by the way, is a great way to start a desperate prayer by declaring that God alone is God and there is no other God like him. I think a lot of times when we pray to God, we just start out like, Lord, 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 I need, need, need. Help me, help me, help me. Deliver me, deliver me, deliver me. You know, set me free, set me free, set me free. Give me, give me, give me. You know, all the stuff that we need, need, need is what we typically go to God with in prayer. But when you pray, you alone are God. Here's what you're doing. You're declaring that there is no God like our God. And there isn't. There is no God like our God. There is no Father like our Father. There is no Jesus like our Savior. And there's no Holy Spirit like our Holy Spirit. There's none like God. Nothing can compare. There are a lot of little G's, but there's only one big G. And that's our Father in heaven. And when we declare you alone are God as a way to start desperate praying, what we're saying is I'm not going anywhere else for my help but you. I'm not seeking any other source of help but you. I'm coming to you and you alone, and I'm not leaving until I get my blessing. I'm not leaving till I hear your voice. I'm not leaving till I know your hand is upon me. I'm not leaving till I know your angels are dispatched for me. I'm not leaving until I, I know that I know that I've heard from you and I've touched heaven and heaven has touched me. That's what you're saying. That's what you're praying when you say you alone are God. You're also saying that I'm not. And I'm terrible at playing God. See, a lot of times when we don't trust God, we're playing God because we make ourselves out to be God by default. We don't ever want to do that. And so that's what he prays. He says, oh, Lord, God of our ancestors, you are alone are the God who is in heaven. Now watch what he else he says. You are ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth. In other words, you're in charge of everything. You are powerful and mighty. No one can stand against you. He declares God's power. First he declares his sovereignty, his majesty, his rule, and now he's declaring his power. No one can stand against you. So he's making a declaration to God, even before he asked him for anything. But in, in his declaration, he's also expressing his need. He's basically saying, you are these things, but I need you to be these things for me right now. And one of the ways that you can put yourself in a position for God to be those things for you in a situation that's desperate, that's going to take you out, is to declare what God is so that he can be that in your situation. That's what King Jehoshaphat does. He declares that he alone is God, ruler of all the kingdoms of the earth, powerful and mighty. No one could stand against you. And now his prayer moves into a different phase. Now he starts telling God about promises that he made, covenants that he made and things that God has said. And he says in verse seven, this is found in second Chronicles 20, just in case you're keeping up. And verse seven says, Oh, our God, did you not drive out those who lived in this land when your people arrived? And did you not give this land forever to the descendants of your friend, Abraham, your people settled here 
and built this temple for you. Now, I love this. They said, and this is a great prayer promise. You may want to write this down. They said, whenever we are faced with any calamity, such as war, disease, famine, we can come and stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you and save us, and you will hear us and rescue us. I want to tell you, that is a powerful prayer promise that King Jehoshaphat is reminding God of. Now, God's never forgot that promise. By him saying that to God, he's reminding himself of the faithfulness of God's covenant promises. That's exactly what King Jehoshaphat is doing in this situation. And I want to say to you that in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 9, you may want to write that down and put it on a postcard and take it with you and keep it with you wherever you go. And here it is again. Whenever we're faced with any calamity, such as war, disease, famine, we can come to stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. We can cry out to you to save us, and you will hear us, and you will rescue us. There's nothing arrogant about that. It's just saying what God, it's just saying back to God what God declared to them that they can do when they get in trouble. And that's what he's doing. He knows that God is a promise keeper of his covenant promises. Now here's where it takes a little turn and it can be a lot it can be a little confusing for someone looking at this that doesn't understand where King Joseph had is coming from. And now in verse 10 the prayer changes direction. Remind you this is all one prayer. And he says, "And now," he's praying to God. "And now see what the armies of Ammon, Moab and Mount Seir are doing. You would not let our ancestors invade those nations when Israel left Egypt." So they went around them and didn't destroy them. Now see how they reward us. For they have come to throw us out of your land, which you gave us as an inheritance. Now, I present this to you that he's praying this, not with arrogance, but with humility. He's, he, he knows that they're in what's called the promised land. That they're in a land that God promised to give them. And now that land is is being attacked. And you would think that he's calling out God, saying, why are you letting this happen? No, he's just, again, reminding God. And by reminding God, he's reminding himself of the promises that God has made. Now, here it is in verse 12. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? And here's what I consider one of the most powerful prayers in the entire Bible. Verse 12, oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. You know, there's nothing more powerful in a prayer than declaring your powerlessness. So many times in our prayers, we'll say, I know what to do. Lord, help me. If I go, will you give me the strength? Lord, I think I know what I'm supposed to do. Will you bless me? No. What Joseph had is praying is, I ain't got nothing. I got no strength. I don't have an army. I don't have a battle plan. I'm going to get destroyed. I am nothing. And so here I am praying, and I'm trusting that in my nothingness, in my powerlessness, you'll give me the power. You'll come through because it's all you anyway. I can't do a single thing. He says, oh, our God, won't you stop them? 
we are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. And here comes the second part of this powerful prayer. We don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. Think about that for a second. Let me put that all together. One verse. One verse prayer. This is the second great prayer in one long prayer that King Joseph had prays. Oh, our God, won't you stop them? We are powerless against this mighty army that is about to attack us. We don't know what to do, but we are looking to you for help. Friends, I, may I suggest to you today that I don't think you'll find a more powerful prayer in the entire Bible from Genesis to Revelation. I think God is honored when we pray to him and say, I don't have an answer. I don't have any power. I don't know what to do in this situation. But I'm going to seek your face. I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast. I'm going to call upon your name. I'm going to, you said, I'm going to come no matter what I'm faced with. I can stand in your presence before this temple where your name is honored. I can cry out to you to save me and you will hear me and you will rescue me. And you've made promises to me that you would never leave me nor forsake me. And that I'm sealed by the Holy Spirit until the day of redemption. And I have resurrection power inside of me. Well, right now, I don't know how to tap into that power. Would you help me? Would you come into, would you show up in this situation? Friends, if you're listening to the Encounter Radio Show, you may be in that situation right now. I encourage you to pray that prayer. Lord, we don't know what to do, but we're looking to you for help. Another translation says, but our eyes are fixed on you. Friends, where are your eyes fixed on? Call upon the name of the Lord today. Thank you for tuning in to the Encounter Radio Show.